0: Hey everybody! You hear that? Sounds like tea time. Island talk, island
1: talk. Right here on the kitchen island. Island talk, island talk. Right here on the kitchen island. Island talk, tea time. Talk. Right here on the kitchen island. Island talk, yeah. Island Talk Keeping it real and never fake Right here on the Kitchen Island Talk Dishing the tea with
0: Lady VBJ Show T, we forever styling Real talk about real issues
1: If you don't like it, then go get a tissue Walking, talking like a diva should do Wouldn't choose another sisterhood too Island Talk Island Talk Right here on the Kitchen Island Talk Island Talk
0: and we are back at the island. This is your girl, your favorite Capricorn, Vanita. Cheryl T is here. And this is BJ. What's up, y'all? We're back. How's it going?
2: It's going well. What's up with you with your blue lipstick and blue shirt? What, what does that
0: represent? Uh, the Golden State Warriors just went <sighs> to the next level. Oh, no. You're right. But we're not going to waste time on sports today because guess what, y'all? We have a very, very, very special guest today. I am very, very excited. So ladies, it's that time of the year with the Tony nominations just being announced. It would only be fitting to have our special guest here today. He is a native of San Antonio, where his parents still reside, and which is where we are broadcasting from. He graduated from the Performing Arts High School, Northeast School of the Arts here in San Antonio. He is also a graduate of Otterbein, I'm I'm probably saying it right, Otterbein University, and he'll clear that up where he graduated with a BFA in musical theater. He is now living in sunny California in Los Angeles and is currently a student at the Berg Studios perfecting his craft in television and film. His bio is impressive and extensive, y'all. But here are just a few honorable mentions. He starred as the leading man, Bobby Strong, in the off-Broadway production of you Town, the musical. Now, I don't know if I'm saying it right or what, because. OK, I'm, I hope I am. OK. And then uh, he was donkey in the international tour of Shrek, the musical. Love me some donkey. And um, he was the front man, Dennis Edwards, who we know from The Temptations and the second national Broadway tour of Motown, the musical. Now, here's a play that I actually saw, but he wasn't in it. He was too young. Wailing Joe in Memphis, the musical at Theater Under the Stars. And I love that one. Um, also part of the 2014 acting company of the Tony Award winning Utah Shakespeare Festival. Our guest is quick to say he is not able to do this without the grace of the Almighty God, the love of his family, and the support of his manager. And we know you all need a good manager when you're out there, mm-hmm. a manager when you're out there in LA. So he lives by Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Ladies, it is with great pleasure that we welcome to the island Mr. Jared Halton.
1: Woo-hoo!
3: Hello, 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 Jared. hello. hello. <laughs> Hi, thank you for inviting me to the island. Oh, of
0: course. Come anytime. We are so glad to have you have you. We are um excited that you took Time out of your busy schedule to hang at the, out, out at the island. I'm so nervous and excited. Hang out <laughs> at the island with us.
3: <laughs> hey, it's great to be here. It's great to be here. Three
0: golden girl chicks. That's who we are.
3: Yes, we oh. are.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. speak for yourself. I ain't in them golden years just yet. <laughs> okay, where the hair could
0: have fooled me. Oops, did I go there? I- <laughs> yeah, don't be shocked by anything we say. We're real. Yeah. All right.
3: Sounds good. Let's get real then. <laughs>
0: Let's get real. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to start us off. What does it mean
3: to be an artist? What does it mean to be an artist? So um, I'll start off with this. Everyone is an artist. Okay. We are all, cre- we are all created in the image of Yahweh and the Almighty God, and he is creative. Therefore, we are creative. However, I think and I believe that God distributes levels of creativity in different people. And what's kind of setting aside, maybe, you know, everyone else from maybe the professional uh, creator is they're able to tap inside that creativeness, you know, a little bit quicker um, than the average person. So just like everybody can't be the smartest person in the room, everybody can't sing like Whitney, everybody can't dance like Michael, everybody can't play like Michael Jordan, just like artists. There's different, you know, art, you know, there's levels of uh, creativity in, in, in different people. And so what does it mean to be an artist? Everyone's an artist. Kitchen Island Tea, this podcast, it's art. You're reaching out to so many people, over 50 states, over people outside the United States. What you're doing right now is an art. So everyone's an artist uh, and that's, yeah, that's the answer for that one.
0: I, I can't wait All to go out and tell everybody I'm
3: an artist.
0: Yeah, <laughs> where where you you cool are.
3: <laughs>
2: No, I can do my painting with a twist, but that's about it when it comes to art for
3: <laughs> me. She's not art is Artisan yourself. Love, love yourself. So. Okay. That's
0: true. I love it. I love it. So if if I wanted to enter the entertainment industry, industry where would I start? What would you say that's to a young question. person?
3: Right. So, yeah, I would say the younger you are, um, you need to try everything everything um and then also pin and then if you're a little bit older that's okay to pinpoint specifically what you want to do so whatever city you're in if you're interested in you know dance if you're interested in acting or you know art find that local dance studio in your city um, find that local um uh, uh, community theater or if there's an acting studio in your city nearby find that top-notch studio that's near you um Also, one of the things I like to do as well is uh, when you go to the movies, um, especially those Marvel films, uh, you sit through the credits. There's like 10,000 people that work on one Marvel movie. And if you just sit through those credits, just look at what interests you. It's like, I wonder how the lighting is done, you know, or I wonder who does, uh, oh, hello there. Uh, (laughs) I wonder um, what makes, you know, the cars go, Who, who does the stunt driving? There's so many different jobs in this industry. So it's just a matter of you know, researching, finding out what interests you most. But if you're young, try everything, get in an acting class, take a dancing class, you know, uh, uh, you know, get, get behind uh, in, in the crew uh, with lighting and design and costumes and wigs. Um, the more you get involved uh, and immerse yourself in everything, especially when you find a community, I think that's the most important as well, is finding that community that will uh, uh, inspire you to keep going in uh, whatever direction you want to in the industry. So
0: It's funny you say that because I've been looking up courses, podcast courses to take so that I can better produce what we're doing.
3: Okay, yeah.
0: So I'm very, and I I like that you said that because I feel like now I'm really on the right track. Coming from you, a young person. <laughs> and
3: that, yo, you're definitely on the right track. You're continuing to get better with your podcast. I mean, I'm still I'm in class. I'm still in class. So I'm always trying to get better. LeBron James is always trying to get better. i bet I bet he's in the gym right now on the offseason, getting ready for next season. While he's crying. crying. While he's crying. Jerry, while he's crying. Yes, while he's <laughs> crying. I, I will admit it is kind of exciting to not have him. <laughs> <this> <laughs> <year>. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I think just be, like the older you are, yeah, I think you need to be a little bit more specific, you know, finding what, you know, what what do you want. There's so many different things with casting, you know, being a talent agent, a manager, we need more people of color and not just behind the screens and on stage, but behind the scenes as well. So um, I think it's just uh, finding that place in your, whatever's closest to you in your local city of those things that uh, offer those things and and get involved. Yes, I'm
1: glad you said that because it really is important for our young people to know other professions that are in the key or main profession of theater or music. There's so many people behind the scenes doing so many things and you brought it out. So I'm going to tell a lot of teenagers to listen to this podcast and listen to you, Jared, because I just think that's the most important thing. Learn about all the jobs that are there and then just go after everyone that you think you might be interested in. Just try it.
3: Yeah, and, and, and it's and it's up to our institutions and, and people in the industry to reach out to those areas as well. So they're gonna do their part and I'll make sure that they do their part to reach out to areas. Because, you know, not everybody knows about, besides acting, it's like, oh, I didn't know I could, you know, cut hair for actors. You could be a barber and cut hair for Hamilton. You know, yes. you could be a barber on set for black panther cutting the actors hair, um yeah every, you know, there's more people of color that are being hired now these days and we need more people of color cutting our hair <laughs> you could tell it, it, <laughs> it's a difference <laughs> some of the some of the shows in the past you know i'm sure if you've seen roots back in the day you know it's a great film but like the wigs weren't great you know the makeup wasn't great um we need more black people with makeup um so it's just a it's meeting halfway of doing your research, but also hopefully institutions and theaters and uh, studios will reach out to those areas to let them know that, hey, there's a lot of jobs available for everyone in in this industry. It's not just about acting, you know, acting great in performance, but so many other great things that require other talents, so.
2: Well, they don't need to just buy a bus ticket and go straight to LA is what you're saying. They can start in their local community. No,
3: start in your local community first, you know, start to develop community in closest to you and get involved and, and, and try different things. Cause I think it'll be more flexible while you're in your local areas and to, and to grow your craft and to gr- uh, uh, and to have a family first before jumping into New York or LA uh, or Chicago. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be my suggestion.
1: And uh, when you start out, Jared, do they ask what kind of experience you have? when you apply for different jobs, even though you may be just starting out, do they still ask about experience?
3: Uh, A little, a a bit of experience, yes, yes. But that's that's part of them reaching out is like, Mm -hmm. they they that's the thing is they don't have experience, but they have the desire and the will and the passion for it. It's like, I don't have experience, but Mm -hmm. I have a desire to be a stage manager. And even though I don't have an experience, hopefully they'll be like, that's okay. That's okay, we're gonna give you you an internship. And we'll put you on um, the Hamilton Philip tour to maybe, you know, see around how things are done as a stage manager off you know off stage and see the backstage, see how things are moved with the crew and everything. So um, it doesn't matter if you, if you haven't sung a, a song or you haven't, uh, you know, done a pirouette, it, just get involved somehow and uh, crave that knowledge. Just absorb cool. it.
1: Cool. Well, I want to take us back. I know your credits include Hamilton. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I mean, it's awesome. So let's talk about Hamilton. I know that you managed well. You had a lot of parts that you covered. So how did you cover those roles? And did you ever get any lines mixed up or uh, something funny that may have happened on stage? But first, how did you manage all those different parts? I know you played Lafayette, Jefferson, King George the
3: Third, right? Oh, yes um, before this contract I don't think I've ever I don't think I ever covered roles before or you know swung more than one so this was truly a different experience wow. <laughs> never had done this kind of thing before and at the level that the show requires so of course you had the nerves of knowing that this show won 11 Tony's and the creatives who are, who are part of it of course Lynn and all of them are a part of it and what the show means and who's on stage. So yeah, I was nervous and everything, but long story short was when I got the offer and moved from New York to Chicago, it was, you know, they teach you the music first. So you're in, you know, with team music, with the music director, and you just go through the whole show and you just, you know, do that process of learning uh, each character. Um, But you do it one by one, but you do music, they take you over to team movement team dance and they Mm. you know get it on your feet um and then you kind of marry that you know music and dance movement and then once they feel like you're little you know you're ready with that then you go to team acting and you go through like intention and you know what's your motivation and who's your scene partner and all that and then and then you're marrying all three of the words the music the movement and the acting And then when you're done with that, then they'll start bringing in some other people to help with other bodies around you so you can rehearse. Because then you got to get on the stage and do the turntable and all this stuff is moving and everything. Um, And then you do that for all. And I covered six tracks. So that's the process of each track that I had to do. And it took me about six months to learn all of them. And, yes, of course, I have messed up the lines. Everyone... everyone messes up lines though I'm not gonna lie and that's the beauty of live theater <laughs> <laughs> but yes I, I have definitely messed up lines before
1: <laughs> and do you laugh or do you just keep going whatever it costs for you, you just keep going
3: the show must go on I mean th- but also like I hate to use the word non-stop because it's in the show but the show truly is non-stop it's just it keeps going there's no room to like like you like you, you mess up a line, you gotta keep going because there's like so much more material to cover mm-hmm. in the show. And to be honest, the majority of the audience will forget about it like 15 <laughs> minutes later. Cause there's just yeah. another amazing number to watch. So
2: Yeah. And most of them don't even know <laughs> that you messed up. Yeah, yes.
3: exactly. <laughs> and if you
1: don't tell them, they won't know.
3: Now, now I won't. Speak. Now the Gen Zers and the Millennials—they know every word. So, yes,
2: because yeah. <laughs> yes. when they put, put it on Disney um, during the pandemic, that's when I mean they learned all the words.
3: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Can you go more into detail about the different Hamilton companies?
3: Yeah, this show is crazy, um, <laughs> epic, all of those things. Like. And, it, and it's not like this was the first, you know, you got Lion King, um, the Book of Mormon was really big, like mm-hmm. when those two shows, I mean, Lion King still hasn't lowered their prices. They're, they're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. But what sets this show aside from the Book of Mormon, uh, Lion King, even Wicked, is just, it's like Star Wars level, like money and just influence that this show has now. Um, but the show opened on Broadway in 2015, it did so well. And then they launched the first national tour in Chicago. But then the Chicago, uh, but, but, and they started in Chicago, but it did so well that they ended up sitting that tour in Chicago for about four years. Wow. And then they popped up another tour and then another tour popped up and then a tour popped up in the West End and then another one. So it's just doing so well that like, there's no other show that has done this. But but I want to clear up that because I know my mom's <laughs> friends are like, well, is he is he coming to San Antonio? Is he is he coming is he coming here? It's like no, I mean the, there's like six companies. I don't know how to explain it to them, but um, but yes, <laughs> Hamilton has done so well that they have. Well, Los Angeles has recently closed due to Omicron, but we have Broadway. We have three different tours in North America, the West End, Australia. And then they're working on Germany. But right now there's about six different um, Hamilton tours. So make sure you look up which is the right one that you want to go to or which is nearest you. But that's just when it, came, it down.
0: When it came to San Antonio, I just knew you were going to be in it. <laughs> and then your mom was like, no, he's not going to be in this
3: one. Yeah, I know. I know. There's so many different companies to keep track of these days. And, and so, uh, yeah, but I wanted to clear up. And I'll, and I'll make sure everyone knows which one I'm in because my journey with it isn't necessarily over yet. We'll see what happens in the future. I'll keep you posted, but okay. I'll, I'll always let mom know which company I'm in okay okay
2: awesome well well speaking of Hamilton they did come to San Antonio and we did go and see it together uh, yes we did. okay <laughs>
3: great lots of friends in that tour I'm glad you guys had a great time
2: oh my god it was fantastic it was but awesome. I have not been able to get into the Broadway one in New York <laughs> they're always sold out so Jerry do you got a hook up where you can get me some tickets <laughs>
3: Listen, I, I'll put you on the list. How about that? <laughs> put you on the list.
2: <laughs> but I will take that. And to our listeners, we're going to take a break here at the island and welcoming and thanking uh, Jared Houghton for being with us. But we'll be right back shortly. back at the island with our special guest uh Mr. Howlton here I know Mr. Howlton is your dad so I won't call you that <laughs> yeah. with Jared Howlton uh, one quick question for you Jared. um I know you guys as artists y- during the pandemic you guys took a heavy hit how was that impact to the industry and how was it specifically how did it affect you
3: Well, I won't be sensitive because the pandemic happened to everyone on earth. So, (laughs) but yes, it it hit our industry really hard. I mean, a full stop. We're artists. So we connect with people. That's our job. Um, Mm. We minister to people. Uh, I feel like artists, our job is to be the healers of the world. Um, Mm. We're supposed to heal. We're supposed to tell the truth. Um, That's our job as well is telling the truth. About um, life and the social situation, as Stellar Adler would say, um, and to have that taken from us completely—like you can't. I mean, whether you're on stage, you're dealing with people. Um, I'm off stage, getting dressed, undressed, and undressed by people. I'm getting my mic put on by people. If you're on set, you got to be closer than usual when you're on set. When you're when you're film acting, so you're always dealing with people. Whether you're no matter what you're doing in the artist world, so. The pandemic completely stopped that and um and what happened and on top of the pandemic everything that happened in 2020 that was for us to not be able to express ourselves and stuff like that that was it was depressing that's the word i'll use mm. it was depressing uh, i think 2020 was about me i, I it, it was a lot of great things and a lot of it was a mixture of things it was a moment to slow down i think mm-hmm. god was telling me to slow down because ever since I graduated from, uh, oh, sorry, I guess I should have said Otterbein. Yeah, Otterbein University is one I attended. <laughs> okay, okay, but um, When I left Otterbein uh, for, to New York, um, yeah, like, it's just, it's just crazy what uh, the pandemic did for all of us of just taking all of those things away of just like, show, all shows were shut down. All projects, you know, in LA were cut off, so um, yeah, 2020 was a reflection of, you know, ever since. Sorry, I'm getting back to what I'm saying, going in circles, but leaving ever since I left school, it was nonstop and I rarely saw the family. It was maybe Christmas and then I had to leave like on Christmas night. So the pandemic was a way to slow down, uh, count my blessings, be grateful, um, thank God for what I have done, uh, what he's done for me. But it's also, there it was also a time for me to like, think about my life and be like is this industry for me um Mm -hmm. what is it all about 2020 had me asking a lot of questions especially with the black lives matter movement and what our industry is doing for black indigenous um and people of color like what are you know this new change so anyway um it affected me of course and it affected a lot of my friends but uh it's an adjustment when we got back to uh, to shows as well. It is a huge adjustment. You're seeing an audience of you know 2,700 people in masks. You're getting you know tested every day, so it's just a different world. But um, yeah,
2: how was it like coming back from the pandemic and finally can have a live audience? It was surreal. Wow,
1: because <laughs> it
3: happened like two years, right? Yeah, two years, like you're just in your head cause you don't, you're not doing your craft at mm-hmm. all. Like mm-hmm. you might work out, you might do something you might dance in your garage, at your parents house or do something to keep you motivated. But I, I, I'll be honest, like the small things I would do to make me feel creative just wasn't enough because mm-hmm. on top of the pandemic it was just such a depressing America that we were watching every day. Mm-hmm. And I just had no motivation to do art. So, mm-hmm. uh, But that's why I had my family and I was so happy to be with them. And in a way that was my therapy and a blessing was just being with family and realizing the important things. And then when I did come back with to an audience, I was so grateful. And it was it was a party again. uh, Wow. Back to the theater, seeing faces, hugging again, connecting with people on. stage. I mean, of course, the show is just it was a different show coming back because the words just meant different, you know, rise up. Uh, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Mm. Tomorrow, mm. there'll be more of us. You know, it was just, yeah, it was emotional. Well, so did
2: you guys, that's what I was gonna ask. Did y'all like cry? Cause I know I haven't seen my coworkers in about two years now. Cause I work from San Antonio and they live in Buffalo. And we still have not all come together from around the country. We hopefully will get to do it this year. Uh, but I said, next time I see them, I'm just going to give them a hug and just cry. Because I just have not seen them, you know, in person in over two years. So was it emotional for you all when you came back together?
3: Absolutely. it. Was, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we rehearsed the first couple of days. Because we were just so, it was more of just like a meet and greet kind of, yeah. you know, just like, it was Yeah, I don't even think we rehearsed that day one or something like that. We were just so connected and just so emotional and just so happy to be back and to uh, be able to give joy, do our job, which is to give joy to people uh, every night. Good.
2: I'm, I'm going to put my counseling hat on, but that was good that you guys had that time to reflect before you just jumped into your craft. And it was a safe space because it was a group of you all that had been artists or still are artists and had that been stripped away from you and then you had that moment in time to reflect so whoever uh said you know no practice today no rehearsal today that was an awesome thing for you guys to do to be able to reflect and understand and process what just happened
3: And and i applaud uh when i came back to hamilton i applaud them for that uh because after all we've been through, you just can't jump back into work. No matter what industry you are, if you're a lawyer or a doctor, a teacher, you're just not gonna return to work and have this atmosphere be what it was. We gotta Mm -hmm. come back afresh and nude with some new Mm -hmm. perspectives and um, a sense of community and being on one accord. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was happy. Yeah, I, I just don't see how you can come out of a pandemic and just be like, all right,
1: rehearsal, let's start singing, start dancing. <laughs> you can't act
3: like you did, but it might not work. Yeah. yeah let's well, tell, me,
1: tell me this. When you got before the live audience, you said how you all felt so happy. But what did you feel or see from the audience in return? <laughs> After, you know, they came out of the pandemic, too. And so did you get any difference or feeling from them? Because I know you guys were happy to perform.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I was excited. Yeah, I, absolutely happy. Um, just because we, you know, actors and the audience enter from different parts of the theater and you just never interact with them until after the show. So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't speak too much about what they feel. I, what I can say is, like, I am I, I did the show in L.A., which is, like, super left. And, like, mm-hmm. everyone wears their masks and everyone's vaccinated. I can't speak to tours because... You know, some of the tours are touring areas where that's just not, you know, masks, vaccines. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a touchy subject. But yeah, it's an adjustment for the audience. You have to wear your mask for for two hours and forty five minutes of that show. You have to show your vaccine, your vaccination uh, at the at the theater. So it's an adjustment for the, for them to just sit there with a mask and the show is long, y'all. Like I love the show, but it's long. It is, and to sit there in the dark with your mask on, it's a big it's a big ask, but it's all in for the safety of everyone, the safety of the actors and the crew. Um, but yeah, it's a it was a huge adjustment for them. I will definitely say that. And you know, uh, most for the for the most part, everyone just pretty much went with it. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there's some that just did not like it. So
0: <laughs> yeah. So let so me I- interject a quick question. Going back to 2020 and your family, I know that you were home during 2020, and your mom said there was nothing but laughs and jokes and. A lot of fun with you and your brother hanging out. How was that experience for you? I know you said you got to hang out with your family, not just for Christmas Day or something like that. So,
3: yeah, I mean, when you're an artist, you got to remember to live your life because you can't be an artist if you haven't lived life. You gotta, you gotta pull from something when you're an artist, you know. And so, you know, I have to spend time with my family if I'm going to be a better artist, if I'm going to be a better actor and everything, and just to not. It, sometimes it's okay to not do what you do best at for a moment. It's just like, let me take a break. Let me hang up my actor hat here and let me be Jared and be with my family. And yes, she was absolutely right. Lots of laughs, lots of reconnecting. I don't think we, we hadn't sat at the dinner table consistently every day like that since Zach and I left for college. So to be grown men and speak to our parents in a different way and have these discussions um, and have those laughs, it was so great. It was literally therapy for me. For me, And it um, gave me motivation when I came back to LA to continue to do what I do. And I love what I do. Um, I mean, it was in question over 2020, but thanks to my family, time in San Antonio, I figured it out.
1: So. All right. Yeah, well, awesome. In addition to enjoying your family and getting that time to kind of join in with them and, and have fun, what did you do on the side to say, stay in shape and maintain your craft? <laughs>
3: it was, it was kind of hard because mom was cooking every day. Um, I'm not going well, to gonna, not gonna lie to y'all. for staying in shape? I'm not going to lie to y'all be like, oh, I was doing CrossFit every morning. At six. No, I was eating mom's food every day. Um, but, <laughs> but I no, I did do, um, there were like a few auditions that, um, at at the time I had uh, my agent at the time uh, was submitted me for very few. um, But I would, uh, I would go over material. I would read Shakespeare. I'd watch a lot of Shakespeare movies. I'm a little, I'm a bit of a nerd, um, but I watch a lot of film. I watch a lot of like old films and some, and a lot of contemporary um, TV shows. I really love TV shows. I like watching different actors and stuff like that. Um, And then, yeah, yeah, I would work out every day on the porch um, and do like a home workout and run every, and then run in the morning. Um, but yeah, I would do small little things every day. And then sometimes I would forget, I would just be honest with myself and say, Jared, I don't want to do anything that has to do with art today. I just want to sit and watch TV. And that's okay too. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, um,
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. So on that note, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with Mr. Jared. All right. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Hi, it's Vanita. Listen, we would love to hear from you with feedback and suggestions. Let us know if we have been a help in some way. We are just trying to make a difference one listener at a time. So we can be reached at Kitchen Tea on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In the meantime, take care of yourself.
2: We are back at the Island with Jared, and Jared, thank you so much for all the information dishing the teeth on on artists and how it works. Um, I do have this um, big question that I uh, put together here for you. I know during the pandemic, during 2020, there was a lot of uprising after George Floyd was murdered. And they had the Black Lives Movement. And I know you all uh, in the artist industry, you all met on Zoom and had conversations with your leaders. And I, I, I heard from a, a reliable source <laughs> that you were very instrumental in saying, hey, we got to speak out. Uh, we have all these people that are protesting in the street how can we as artists on the Hamilton uh, show, uh, not show, but on the Hamilton crew speak out? Um, And I heard that your organization, they put together an awesome video and it came out and it's funny because my millennial nieces, nephews, sons and daughters were sending me the video clip. Uh, you know, on my phone to say, check this out. So I want to know, how were you instrumental in helping them to uh, make that video and helping them to move that initiative forward, speaking out?
3: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm going to clarify some things. Um, I wasn't really, I wasn't instrumental with within the Hamilton world. I think that was a huge group of people collectively. So I'll, I'll say the Hamilton part first. So yeah, after George Floyd... Death and this, his murder. Um, yeah, horrible. But what was worse was, at the time, uh, Hamilton was silent for about four days, and that didn't sit well with the majority of the company, uh, uh, companies, I should say. And so everyone was sending their emails, their text messages to the comp, to the uh, you know uh, creatives and you know, management and stuff like that, because it's just saying, how can you make the show? How can the show have the lyrics that they have? Um, you're using hip hop, you know, R&B, jazz, reggae. I'm listing all of the Black <laughs> things, things that Black <laughs> Americans have created. Um, and you're casting Black people, Black and Brown people, and yet you're not saying anything. Um, so, and, and then it expanded into more of the Broadway community of holding... Broadway accountable um, because uh, the white supremacy and racism that is in that is in, in, in the industry is still there and we need to talk about it. And that's what we did over the summer was we talked. It was a lot of talking, a lot of Zooms, a lot of platforms, a lot of discussions. Yes, I was in those discussions, but I think, um, let me clarify, I was a little bit more instrumental with my own uh, university with Otterbein. That was what I led. Um, which was different. Um, Well, not different, but the same, where I held a forum for alumni that uh, were black and brown uh, with Otterbein and uh, myself and a friend of mine uh, that was actually in the LA company with me named Morgan, uh, Morgan Wood, she and I uh, held a platform for our school. We went to Otterbein together and we just wanted to hold a platform with our teachers saying and, and just sharing with them our experiences as black students at your school Um, How we feel about the silence from our school when you kind of, because a lot of the people that have been working at a high level out of my school are Black people, on Broadway, on TV, on movies, like it's all Black people. And yet you were promoting us and not saying anything about us being killed in in the streets every week. So we held them accountable in those those Zoom rooms. Um, And that was only because I used kind of what we did. Uh, with everyone did with Broadway and Hamilton uh, as a uh, as kind of a foundation. So we that's what I was instrumental in. If you uh, was with with my school, but with Hamilton, yeah, I was very well involved with a lot of the discussions and stuff like that. And yes, um, are they perfect? No, but what company listens, hears, s- sits through discomfort, um, and does their best to fix it Does their best yeah. to uh maneuver and they get it wrong and we let them know that they get it wrong and then, then sometimes they'll get it right and you know we keep moving um but the best thing is is that they did listen they hear and they created an open space for us to be heard which is unheard of for companies and stuff like that companies don't have to do this right <laughs> just be you know walmart just be like get to work we don't we don't care about how you feel like get to work so um it was important because it was just like, we can't move on continuing with this show, what it represents, what it says, who you hire, and then not say anything about George Floyd or Breonna Taylor. So 2020 was a a year of, even though we weren't performing, we were dealing with a lot of things and issues that were way more important than performing at this time, which is just making sure that BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, uh, people of color are heard and feel safe in the workplaces, and are represented on stage, on on behind the camera, in the crew, um, producing uh, in the studios, everywhere. We, so it was just a it was a year of accountability and a, a year of listening, and uh, and yeah, I mean these institutions aren't perfect, but we I'm happy that the ones that I have dealt with were able to listen and hear and deal with being just dis- being uncomfortable for a minute. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for everybody. It was an un- yes. uncomfortable mm. year. Well, but applaud you. I'm so grateful that people that we were heard and that moving forward, there is a platform to be heard and um, to have a safe space to speak up.
2: I applaud you and Morgan for going back to your university and holding, you know, them accountable for that. And also applaud everybody that was on, uh, helping Hamilton and Lynn and his company to put that video out, you know, from the, the actors from Hamilton, because it really reached the young people. And when I say millennials, these, uh, young people, I'm talking about my son and my daughter, they're like in their twenties. Uh, they were 23 and 24 at the time. And, nieces and nephews, same age category, they took the video and they were socializing it on their social media, sending it out to their parents and and, uh, aunts and uncles. And that to me said that was a powerful message from something that and someone they respected. So I applaud you all for uh, encouraging them to um, speak out.
3: Yeah. And I just, I think too, uh, just seeing them and being a part of Hamilton for a bit just I think the show is so big it's so massive and it has a huge following and a major influence and I think sometimes we forget how big, it, uh, big of it it is mm-hmm. and whatever Hamilton does the other shows will follow so in 2020 in 2020 it was like listen if you lead with this if you create a safe space the other Broadway shows will follow and I mean that's pretty much exactly what happened was how Hamilton set the tone. They owned up to some of the things that they dropped the ball on mm-hmm. and then they continued to keep moving and to make progress. And I'm so, and I applaud them for that. Um, and the continuing of that as well. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it was a great video and I'm, ex- I'm happy to see that uh, it reached so many people.
0: Awesome.
3: Well, I'm going like know- to
0: jump in and squeeze a question in while he's saying that, um, Cheryl, and my question is why is it important to continue the push for more, more opportunities for artists who identify as black um indigenous and people of
3: color why is that it important? is so important <laughs> it's so, okay it's just so we need we need even we need more and and and, and again you know not just faces on a tv screen or a movie screen or on stage like, yes please if you are an actor if you have a calling for that. Um, or our singer, or whatever. Please do it. But there's also so many other opportunities and so many job opportunities in this industry that need more people of color um, in those ce- in those uh, in the background scenes as well. So you know, like I said before, with hair and makeup, um, uh, uh, you know, producing, uh, filmmaking, photography. If you take pictures, you got a camera. Beg your parents for you know two hundred dollars for a camera and invest in that and start shooting, um, getting, getting your friends together in a backyard with a nice camera and shoot, shoot, you know, whatever, you know, a, tell a story through your camera. Um, if you're a director, you know, direct, whatever that means to you. Um, but we just, it's just so much, and it's so important to have more people of color in other areas um, because, I mean, think about it, y'all. When, you, you know, when y'all watch the Oscars, how many times have y'all seen an all-Black movie And then the producers that swarm the stage are all white.
1: (laughs) Yes, You know what I mean? You're so right. And the Academy
3: Award goes to Moonlight. And then you see a bunch of white men go up to the stage like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Um, So it's important um, that we have black directors, black female directors. Mm -hmm. Um, What uh, Viola Davis said, the only thing that separates women of color from everyone else is opportunity. I
0: agree.
1: Wow.
3: That's a big statement.
1: You're right. And it's true.
3: Profound. So it's just, we need more opportunity in every, uh, I mean, not just in acting and, and as an artist, but in everything. But right. Um, I think the art, you know, the industry that I'm in, I feel like sometimes they're like, oh, we're not racist, we're not these things because we do all, you know, and that was the big problem, I think, in 2020. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily like, I know where white supremacists stand. You know what I mean? Like, I know where KKK people stand. I know where they stand, but it's the ones that don't think that they're racist and they think that they're, uh, you know, an activist. When they're not and they're missing the the mark and they refuse to listen, that's when you got to wake those people up. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just because you're on Broadway, just because you're in Hollywood doesn't mean that you are you don't have racist tendencies or you're not, you're missing the mark. You know, it means that you need to listen even more. Um, And I think that uh, because of 2020 and just, the platforms that we've had, I think it's shed a lot of light on things that were in the darkness for so long. And now they're being paid attention to now, which is great. Mm-hmm. So Awesome.
2: Awesome. And I know you had stated you spent a lot of time with your family and everything um, during the pandemic. And I'm going to jump back to family. Your mom, how is she doing? And I know this is the month of May. What did you do for mom for Mother's Day?
3: <laughs> oh, um, I sent my Mother, a really, really, really nice bouquet of flowers and a card. And then um, we had a long conversation on the phone on Mother's Day. Matter of fact, such a long conversation. She cut me off. She said, okay, uh, <laughs> I got to get... I get that from dad. I talk and I get, I'm realizing that I'm more and more like my father. It is crazy, but I start rambling and rambling and talking. I'm like, no, I sound like my dad. you're sermon right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah uh, I, I yeah it was a great mother's day I called grandma as well but yeah she's doing great she's doing well uh,
2: to, to our listeners his mom is an awesome pediatrician she was the pediatrician for my children their entire lives my poor daughter she was like mom do I have to age out <laughs> 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 they wanted to stay with dr how and even after they got past 18 I was like no baby it's time to go to another physician. <laughs>
3: That's how I felt about the dentist. I was like, "Do I have to go to an adult dentist?" They do movies here at this dentist. This is a great dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Mom's like, "No, you you need you're an adult. You're 18 now."
2: (laughs) Exactly. So I hear you. You are uh, addicted to Sour Patch Kids. Why is that? And what is your favorite meal after a and before a performance?
3: I love Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) I'm (laughs) obsessed. (laughs) it, I, sometimes I, I have to like not look at them or I'll get them. Like, it's very addicting. It's like a drug. Um, <laughs> I know in 2020, I kept buying them and, and I would leave, the the sour patch, like on the counter. Now my mom, mom would eat some too. I'm not gonna lie, but, uh, it's, it's my favorite candy. Um, it's the perfect combination, sweet and sour. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. right. So Cheryl, um, tell them yeah.
0: what we were addicted to, uh, in 2020. What candy was that? Oh, what's uh, the, um... So sweet tarts, the sweet Sweet. tarts. Yeah. Sweet tarts is real good. Sweet tarts is addicting too. And very very. matter of fact, we were, we were ordering off Amazon by the case.
2: Oh my goodness. Bonita ordered a whole case for me and had it shipped to my house. My husband was like, you cannot eat off this candy. (laughs) I was already gaining pounds. You know, you had your quarantine 15.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'll take long hibernation breaks from South patch because I I just can't piss off my uh my dentist again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
2: what's your favorite meal before and before and after a performance?
3: No, I don't really um I don't really eat crazy before a performance. I'm I you know, I'll eat I'll eat a strong breakfast for sure, but I'll try my best to eat something light. I, I my go-to is ramen. I love good ramen. That might be like the best or the heaviest meal I'll eat before a show. But after the show, uh, I'll eat everything. (laughs) After the show, everybody actually eats everything. But before, not so much.
2: (laughs) Gotcha. So dinner with Jared after the show.
3: (laughs) Dinner with Jared after dinner and drinks with Jared after the show.
0: (laughs) Well, I got a a question that I love to ask our guest, and that is what did you want to be? When you grew up, what did you aspire? Were you you want to be a firefighter, police officer? You want to be a preacher like your dad,
3: <laughs> a doctor yeah, like your mom? I mean, I mean, when I, when I was little, yeah, I would I would uh, have mom make me uh, uh, robes, pastors' robe, preacher robes, and everything. <laughs> she would sew together those robes when I was three and five and seven. And uh, dad built me a wooden little uh, podium. And uh, and I would have my church, and Zach, my little brother Zachary, would be um, my lead deacon. And, and uh, we had a congregation of about 50 stuffed animals. Uh, we had a good, we got a good turnout. No one paid their tithes though, so I'm gonna come back. I don't know why that was a thing, but yeah, yeah, we had a little church going on uh, back in the day. <laughs> And Zach You're would lead really no the devotion. So, so you yeah, had a different um, sermon every time, huh? I had a different sermon every time, and let me all fifty of those stuffed animals are saved. We <laughs> made sure that they were baptized, <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, yeah, I think one of them fell down, you know, one Sunday. So. <laughs> That I, awesome. uh, but besides that, when I was younger, I truly couldn't tell you what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, it was a lot of, I was a class clown and a, a lot of everyone around me told me what I should be when I grew up. So I was like, okay, they're like, you need to be on TV, you need to talk show, or uh, you need to do this. I was like, oh, okay, you know, but uh, <laughs> when I was five and seven, I guess it would be to be like dad, be a pastor. Wow. What was your first show that you
1: felt like oh I'm really in it now what did you do first
3: y'all this was my mother (laughs) my mother was the one that officially like got me into it because you know I did I I think my mother always tells the story of when I was in elementary school and I would be in all the little plays and stuff and I would act crazy I think I was (laughs) one of the lions in Noah's Ark and I was just (laughs) just being really silly and like not you know all the parents were just laughing at me and so my mother would talk to the music teacher and be like can you give jared a bigger part like a lead part i see some potential and she never did and mom's still mom's still mad about that but um <laughs> when i was finishing up middle school i really had no idea what i was doing for high school i was like you know what i think i'm gonna go to reagan try to make varsity football I don't need to really play. I just want to wear the uniform and go to the park. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm just going to cruise through Reagan High School and call it a day. But my mother found a flyer for the Northeast School of the Arts, uh, MISA Performing Arts High School. And she took me to their open house. And, you know, they all have, you know, they have dance, Mm -hmm. cinema, creative writing, uh, acting, um, all of those, good uh, technical theater, instrumental music. And uh, we go through all the different rooms and everything. And then we finally get to the acting room, the musical theater portion. And it was basically like Saturday Night Live. They were doing a bunch of improv gigs and stuff like that. And from that moment that night, I was sold and I have never looked back, but that's all credited to my mother figuring out that school, getting me ready. Cause I had to audition to get in. So I had to, you know, I never knew what a monologue was. I didn't know what I was doing at all, but it was all mom. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to rehearse this monologue. And I got in and me getting in and getting that letter was the most exciting, one of the most exciting moments of my life. And yeah, I just didn't look back after that, to be honest. I found my calling.
1: Well, we're glad you did it. And thank God for moms, huh?
3: I know. Thank God for moms.
1: Yeah, (laughs)
3: That's an
0: awesome, awesome story. Because I was just about to ask, how did your parents feel when you told them what industry you were interested in? But you've explained that your mom was... She saw it before you saw it.
3: And then I, what I'll say about dad is I think dad recently told me this on a, conver- on a phone conversation was um, my I think it was junior year when I did West Side Story. And that was when he knew. He was like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks to the parents. That's awesome. Well,
0: once again, I'd like to say that we have enjoyed our time with you today. Um, we so appreciate you as an artist and you as a man of God. We thank God for you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Come back to visit us anytime at the island. You know, be a guest co-host. It doesn't have to be interviewed, you know. Y'all are fun, y'all. This was so yeah. much fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> when y'all started talking
3: about sports, I was like, wait a minute. What y'all, t- y'all got me excited and everything. So, yes, I will absolutely be
0: back. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. So, if there's nothing else, ladies, I'm going to say adios.
2: Ciao, Bella. And I'm going to say thank you, Jared. Keep listening.
0: Bye. Peace. Bye. See you later.